Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Do you like to crash parties or get past security when your name is not on the invite list? Then the Mission Impossible Mask Machine is just for you. Simply screenshot anybody who is supposed to go to the event you plan to infiltrate, birthday parties, Academy Awards, or outdoor retailer shows, and out comes a mask of their face. Put it on, at casual, and bam, you're in. This is Derek, and with me today is the only man who can whistle through his own ping pong ball sized nostrils, Carl Mandrioli. <laughs> What's going on, my man? <laughs> that was one of your better ones right there. You like that one? Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. Doing great. With me today is Derek Somerville, a man who values teamwork because it helps put the blame on someone else. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Harsh and not accurate. So I like it. We teamed up with Tupperware Mike. He joined me at the outdoor retailer show mainly because you refused to do so. Is that correct? I hate, I hate it. No, I just couldn't. It's, it's in Colorado. Yeah. And he, he flew out there, which was amazing. Yeah, so, because he was excited to go. He'd heard it on other he, he was. backpacking podcasts and wanted to see what it was all about. And so he helped me do some interviews, and so we'll get to those here in a little bit. So thank you, Tupperware Mike. We appreciate it. But they're actually moving it now. They're moving it from Denver to Salt Lake City. So are you, it's closer to you now. Is that, are you more likely to go? Oh, maybe. I saw that the other, <laughs> I saw that the other day. Um, maybe. Yeah. That, uh, sound, it, that sounds legit. What do you want me to say? Guarantee uh, yes. a year in advance. I, yes. Yes. That's what you love. You love that. What I love the commitment. in five years on a Thursday? I'm so there. excited to hang out with you, Carl, that I just want to commit right now. That's what I want. Yeah. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Whatever you want, buddy. Whatever you want. Okay. Men- well, mentally, I'm right there. I'm there right now. Gotcha. Well, mm-hmm. we'll hear how you think it went with your non-presence there, how, how Mike was able to step in and... Kind of take, sure take your role. Well, we'll talk about that yeah. here in a moment. But uh, so we, we, t- we, just to be fully transparent here, we definitely talked to a lot more companies than we're representing here on this episode. The ones we represented are the best ones, the gear that we're most excited about, the ones that we like the best, that we connected with the most. As so, And I mentioned that I did connect actually with Buff at the show, so we'll talk about that afterwards too. But okay, here we go. So here's the show and our analysis here's how it went down yes here we go mike you and i got the opportunity to go to the outdoor retailer show here in denver colorado what did you think yes 
Man, that was so exciting. I'm so glad that you invited me to go. Wait, wait, wait. Did I, did I invite you or did you invite yourself? However it worked. I don't care. <laughs> However it worked, <laughs> I got to go one way or the other. Okay. It was great, man. Just all the sights and the sounds. And uh, it was almost overstimulating in a way when I first got there because everybody was throwing products at us and right off the bat, you know, is it, it was just wait, wait. Like they're like, here's free gear. Try this. Yes. Dude, it was amazing. No, I, that did not happen. What are you talking about? We got we got water bottles as soon as we walked in. I mean okay. we had all kinds of stuff. Like the swag stuff. Swag, yeah. <laughs> they weren't like throwing jet boils around like, here's one for you, here's one for you. It's not like that. No, that was later in the show, right? <laughs> oh, sure, sure. <laughs> so I think the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna break down, we're gonna share some of the best interviews we had, and then we're gonna just kind of just give our thoughts now that it's been a few weeks after the fact, kind of pairing our thoughts about the gear with the interview and any other thoughts we have kind of after the interview. You're going to share all the interviews that I did because your interviews were kind of iffy. If I have to say, you're saying we didn't do this together. You're saying we took turns. What are you talking about? (laughs) Well, the ones, the ones that I led came out great. The ones that you led, it was kind of like, Oh, I don't know about that one. That's funny. You say that. Cause I actually have some notes about, one that you led in particular. So we'll get to that. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> hey, go easy on me. It was my first time. All right. You know how nervous you I was. You just didn't go easy on me. And now you're asking me to go easy on you. Nice. That makes sense. Okay. So one thing to note is we're obviously at, we're at a convention center. And so there's kind of like this background noise. When you listen to the interviews, you can definitely, I mean, the audio comes in fine but it kind of reminds me of like the background sounds from like the, what is that? The antique road show. Remember that show? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. They have like the background hum of like the event. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Well, what the final numbers come in at like 8,800 people in that show that went through the show this year. So there was a lot of people there. We were bound to get some. There were, yeah, there were, uh, let's go with our first one. The first one up is we talked to the folks from jet boil. All right, we caught up with James and Janelle from Jetboil. How's it going, guys? Good. Hanging in there. All right, and so first question I got is, Jetboil is kind of known for being like full blast, boil your water fast as possible, throw in your dehydrated meal, but you have a line of products that actually is intended for simmering. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, we have a whole precision cook line. So yeah, everyone knows Jetboil is like 100 second boil time. Boil your water, put in dehydrated meal. We have a whole family, the precision cook family. It's all the Mo series. So anything that ends in Mo that has a regulator, which just allows you like four full turns and and, and maybe is it full four is yeah, that the correct full turn, turns of rotation and you can get to a full boil or a slow simmer um, with one product so it's able to you know if you want to use it for your dehydrated meals go ahead but you also can cook a gourmet meal on the trail with it as well yeah we know a lot of people out there backpacking or do want some fresh ingredients or do want to step up dehydrated meal. There is people that love their dehydrated meal. That's great. I, until very recently, was one of those people I looked forward to like my mountain house or I looked forward to my good to go meal. Um, but kind of what we're trying to do with this precision cook line is just help people take one step up that, you know, I kind of almost think of as a ladder. So maybe you love your chili mac, but you know what? There's a couple great things you can add to your chili mac. You can bring some ha- fresh jalapenos. You could put something in, you could simmer it. You know, you could, you could add it as a base and put it on top of rice. And so kind of our hope with the simmer control line is just helping people elevate their backcountry cooking and really have a wider range of possibilities out on the trail. So speaking about chili mac and beef, 
there we have a long conversation on the show with this. And is there anything that the jet boil can do or the simmering aspect of the Mo series that could reduce the smells in the tent after you eat the chili mac and beef? It will cook it slower and maybe then you'll eat it slower and you, I don't know. There's nothing we can do. That's part of the beauty, right? You gotta, just gotta embrace it all. You gotta embrace the whole trip. Fair enough, fair enough question. Yeah, it was it, the choices you just said there. So you said Mountain House, good to go, and Chili Mac with beef. That was like the trifecta of craziness right there for freeze-dried food. Do you, I don't know if you guys have any connections with those companies, but yeah, have you tried the like the Peak Refuel or any of those other brands? I've definitely, I've, I tried to try everyone. Okay. And uh, we have some great partnerships. We do partner with good to go We sell them on JetBoil.com. We love those guys. And I love the Mountain House crew. You know, we just have pers close personal friendships, but those are kind of our favorite. Peak Refuel's doing great stuff. There's some gastronome out of Bozeman, Montana, if you haven't heard of them, is doing some really cool stuff. Wild Fern out of Portland. There's a lot of people reaching this dehydrated. If you guys are stuck using the same three dehydrated mills, it's time to expand your horizons because there's new players on the scene, there's new mills, there's some people doing some really cool stuff. So I've been a long time Jetboil fan. Uh, your guys' product is tried and true, tested. I mean, it works really well constantly. Uh, we're, we're both, we're both uh, garage sellers, so we often look for the 20 or $15 Jetboil. But one thing that we always find, and I don't know how you're gonna feel about this, but the first thing that goes when I buy a brand new Jetboil is the stand. And I know for legal reasons, you probably have to recommend that we use that stand, but uh, I just don't, I don't want to hurt your feelings that I'm not using your stand. Something like the orange fuel stabilizer. <laughs> I don't use it either. Oh. <laughs> when I'm out on the trail, I always use it for legal reasons as well. Yes. But I tell you what, if you are in a really stable, unstable environment, you don't have a flat surface, it really does come in handy, for sure. I, tip, I guess I typically just dig the fuel canister into the, like, the soil so that it, I just make it stable. I know you're talking about if there's like rock only, but yeah. Um, speaking of things going, so so in terms of like stoves are pretty bomb proof typically and, and so you're not going to get stoves fail a whole lot, like regardless of the brand. But I will say that one thing also regardless of the brand that I've had inconsistent fortune with is the piezo lighter and so like i have an old not that old but like a flash and i would say that lasted maybe about five trips is that pretty common yeah i actually thought that's where you're going with that because that is that is what happens so here's here's a insider info it's not insider we have a video on our website how to fix that the thing about that piezo igniter and we have a new round so the newer jet balls don't have that same issue but that that little bale is very, you can move it pretty easy. It's supposed to be, and this is a weird space, but it's supposed to be a fingernail distance apart from the stove itself. A lot of times that just gets pushed down or pushed up and I can fit, it's so easy to fix once you look at that little bale that's about to touch the stove and make sure, you know, look at your fingernail and try to put it about that far away from the stove and you'll see it. You can just practice it and you'll see the spark come back up. So it is something that, can malfunction, but it's a really easy fix. And once you see it and see how to fix it, anyone can fix it. And again, we have a video on our website, how to fix your igniter, you know, kind of three steps to do it. And I feel like it fixes 85 to 90% of all those cases. Right. And I also would recommend, like he said, we have some amazing videos, but we also have a really robust customer service representatives. You just call, call us, 
look up our phone number online. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but um, they are really there to help and they have a ton of answers and can give amazing advice on how to fix things. So definitely recommend giving them a call. I will take the customer service challenge later on this week. We'll see what All happens. Right. So thank you for that suggestion. Um, one last one. So I just thought of this. So I, one one thing that I do notice with my jet boils is that I do, you know, I try to wipe them out the best I can, get them nice and dry in the bottom. But I do notice after a few years, I do start getting a little bit of a ring down at the bottom, maybe a rust ring. I don't know. Does do they rust? Is it so, would it be rust? That is most likely caused by putting your fuel canister back in when it's still a little damp. So the recommendation is, especially when you're getting off of the trail, is to get your jet boil cleaned out right away. Fuel, uh, get your storage of your fuel canister out of your jet boil for long-term storage, and that will reduce that ring. So, yeah. yeah, that's not that's not most likely. That is your fuel can. Your fuel can is going to get some moisture when you're cooking, and when that and when it's, you know, that fuel in there is going to get some moisture on the outside. Even if your cup's clean, you put that fuel can with a little moisture, and it's that ring of the fuel can. I would guess every jet boiler that's five years five years old has that. And the real thing, yeah, clean it out right when you get off the trail. But really, even just make sure to wipe down your fuel can and get the condensation off of that, and that will help the the rust ring. So what you're telling me is uh, if I carry a pack towel or a bandana, that might be a good use for my pack towel and my bandana. All right, so Mike, you I actually haven't tried out any of the what they call like the Mo series, but you got a chance to try out the Mini Mo, correct? Yeah, you know we just heard in the in the interview that they came out with the Precision Line cookers and all my backpacking career, I've always had the fast jet boil, you right? You just turn it on, it's right. just you know, boils in two minutes. So I've always been interested in the precision cooking series. And what that is, is it's, it's four f full turns to be able to get to the boil setting on this jet boil. But if you just go okay. one turn, then you can have like a simmer on it. And so you can actually cook something on it, like maybe pancakes on the trail. If somebody wants to bring a skillet mm. and cook pancakes, it's kind of silly, but I guess it's not silly. What, what's silly about pancakes <laughs> on the trail? Totally Come on, <laughs> bringing well, a cast iron skillet and cooking pancakes. Come you just, on, guys. You, oh, it's now just, you're saying cast iron. That's silly. But if you just they have the jet boil skillet too, you can bring. You guys didn't bring a cast iron skillet on the last uh, two Patreon trips. You think we brought a cast iron skillet? Are you being serious right now? <laughs> I don't know what kind of skillet it was. It was like an aluminum. I could see you guys bringing a cast iron skillet though. No, it was like a, it was like an aluminum foldable skillet that was not heavy. You had a foldable skillet? How does that work? Like folds it in the half? The handle folds in so you don't need the pot grabber. We've talked about this. We hate the pot grabber. So that's uh, why we have it folds up. So I it's see. Com compact. Yeah. All right. So the okay, so did you actually cook something on this? Did you simmer it or whatever you want to call it? I did. I've uh I took it out a couple of times. I didn't take it out backpacking out, be hundred percent transparent with you guys. I took it out in the van though, and we okay. van life. Yeah. <laughs> van life. Second, second kind of thing going on right now. So we took okay. it out in with all intentions to test this thing out. But what we, what I forgot to do was check the fuel canister on our regular, regular camping stove. And we actually ran okay. out of fuel. And so I had to use the, well, it was a great opportunity to test it out, but I had to use the jet boil for the rest of the trip to cook my meals. And I just, Oh, okay. I threw a pot pot on there. I threw a pan on there. I cooked up hash browns. I cooked up some bacon. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, pancakes? No pancakes. I'm not a pancake eater. Okay. You guys, you guys are the pancake eaters. That's true. But I was able to cook up the hash browns nice and it was just like normal cooking on a gas burner stove. It was great. The only thing that I did notice is that when you turn the adjustments, you have to you have to give it a second for it to react. I don't know if this is going to come mm-hmm. through very well, but when when you make the adjustment, wait for about 10 or 15 seconds and then you'll notice that the cooking temperature either decreased or increased in the pan. Okay. So that was the only kind of weird thing that I found about it, but shoot, this thing worked like a charm. Like I said, it saved our bacon because literally saved our bacon because mm, I, and gave you bacon and gave us bacon because we ran out of fuel in our camp stove. So overall, super happy with this thing. I love how wide it is. Uh, their their Minimo series or their Precision Line series, they are wider than the Jetboil stashes or the Jetboil flashes. Mm-hmm. It, it always felt stable. I even used the uh, orange fuel stabilizer that we always kind of, <sighs> that I've been making fun of. <laughs> no, I used it. So it, this one has a nice little spot in the lid where you can store that thing. I know it's a couple extra ounces, but hey, I'm bringing mm-hmm. a footprint also so I can afford the couple extra ounces. And then, so how much, how much are we talking about? Like, so I know that there, you know, it's, it still has the, you know, the capacity or the ability to do what Jetboil does, which is kind of boil the, you know, the water super fast, but with the added simmering capability, what are we talking about with weight when you're talking about the stove plus the pot that it comes with? So including the fuel canister and the stabilizer, it weighs in at 14.6 ounces, which isn't too bad. It felt, it didn't feel any with the fuel, like the small fuel canister you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a little heavier than your typical stove setup, but with more versatility. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. And then you're, you know, like we were talking about, you don't have to bring the extra pot. You don't have to bring a pot grabber. You don't have to bring all this extra stuff. I would just much rather have this nice, convenient, compact design and everything's in one spot. It was, it's great. I love my jet boils. I own probably six of them now. <laughs> Jet boil <laughs> hoarder, it sounds like. <laughs> okay, so a couple notes from the interview was like we'd asked a few things. One of them was about the piezo that went out for my Jet Boil Flash. And I still use it. I, I just used it this week, in fact. But and he just said like if you move where the you know spark goes, it'll it'll light up. But that's not my issue. It the where you actually press the button, it doesn't make that clicking sound, which would ignite the spark. And so I told him I was going to take the customer service challenge, and I did not. Did, I haven't taken you? it yet. So oh, yeah. so okay. To be continued there. Um, your question about the rust ring, that was interesting, man. You've never experienced that with any of your jet boils? No, not at all. Here's here's why. It's not because I was ever concerned about rust. It wasn't that, that I even thought of that. It's that when I put the fuel canister into the dirt, I feel like even if I wipe it off, there's still going to be like grains of sand. And so if I stick the fuel canister into the pot, I was concerned about scraping it up. Oh, I see. So, well, he yeah. uh, confirmed it for us right there on the spot, you know, that for sure. it's from sticking that can back in there. So when he, and he knew your question so immediately, it must be a pretty common problem. So yeah, question sure. yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so that was Jetboil. Uh, overall, Mike, you'd rate the Minimo like out of five. How would you score it? I would give it. I would give it at least five 
fuel canisters on the on the Minimo series, the precision precision. Okay, line. at least five out of five. five at least <laughs> you five can't out go of five. higher than that. Hey, with this thing, I, I would go up to six seven pretty easy. This thing's amazing. <laughs> that violates the whole process of rating it, but okay, five out of five. I like it. Um, all right, next up we had this was actually a company I was I had on my list to check out because I just wanted to get more information and I wanted to try out for myself. This was Thermacell. All right, we got Carl and Mike here from Backpacking and Blisters, and we're with Nick from Thermacell. So, Nick, tell us about the backpacker model. What do we got going on here? So, it's a uh, it's a pretty awesome model. Uh, Thermacell's a brand has been around for 20 years, and what we do is keep mosquitoes off of you in a 15-foot zone. So, unlike all the repellents you're used to seeing, right, this device will actually force mosquitoes away up to 10 feet in every direction around you. What makes the backpacker model very special is that for the backpacking community, you're looking at an ultralight unit that runs off of your isobutane that you're likely already carrying out with you to the field. So now you're not responsible for carrying extra equipment. You just have the repeller that goes with you and you're keeping bugs off of you the entire way. You said it was like a 15 foot radius from the device, correct? That's right. So the device in the center of wherever your campsite is will keep you bug free up to 10 feet in every direction around the device. And this is specific for mosquitoes or ticks as well? Not necessarily for ticks. That has more to do with the, the style in which ticks quote unquote hunt. Um, mosquitoes being weak flyers come and are attracted to your CO2. And so when they hit our barrier that we put out with our repellent, they don't want to come into the zone and that's what forces them away. Okay, so if there's like this 15 foot, let's say imaginary, like you can't see it, radius around, right at the edge of the 15 feet, if you're in a very mosquito heavy area, can you see like the clouds of mosquitoes that are just like hovering, waiting for you to get past that zone? Carl, honestly, some of the most amazing pictures come from backpacking and, and, and hunting and things of that nature. It actually looks like you're looking through a screen of a door, right? Like a screen mesh. The clouds of mosquitoes that can be hovering just out outside the zone. You can picture them drooling, but they don't want anything to do with coming out, coming into you, your zone. Gotcha. So how much does the device weigh, like minus the fuel? So minus the fuel, you're looking at about six ounces for the entire device. It's a standard piezo lighter, um, but it's, we, we really over-engineered it with aluminum fittings and uh, things like that. So this unit is rugged. It's really be meant to be in a backpack and take a beating um, without any cause for concern. What about other insects, like biting flies, uh, flying insects that are going to be after your blood? What do, you, what do you got? And killer hornets, right? The What are those called? Murder hornets from the Northwest? So, unfortunately, we haven't had any testing against the murder hornets. Um, but uh, it, flying insects in general do not respond well to our repellent. So there is some proof to say that we do work against them. However, we are coming out with a multi-insect repellent as well, uh, directly targeting things like black flies and noceums, uh, which are two problematic characters. Um, in, in full transparency, the stronger an insect is at flying, the easier it is for them to get into the zone before they realize they don't want to be there and then fly away. So how are you going to test the noceums if you can't see them? How do you know that it's working? <laughs> so the, 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 what we say against any flying biting insect is if you want to test if it's really working, shut it off. And when you start getting bit, you know something was working. 
Okay, so this next, this is not really a question, I get more of a suggestion. If you're looking to continue to innovate in this industry, um, looks like you're going kind of more the, the bug type innovation and like what's the next bug that you can kind of repel. But if you could come up with some sort of way to repel annoying fellow backpackers and create a zone for that, we think that's maybe up your alley. <laughs> I'll definitely bring that to product. I don't know exactly what we'd use, maybe a scent, but, <laughs> but we'll, uh, we'll put that into the R&D team. Probably a fart smell. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I got a chance to test out this week. I'm actually just fresh off the trail. I got off the trail today. And here in Colorado in June, I was pretty confident we we're going to have some mosquitoes, yeah. and we did. So it was actually a great opportunity to check right. it out. Tell me about it. Yeah, so we were in camp. We were in Lost Creek Wilderness. We were in camp. I was hanging out, and I had mosquitoes flying around me. I think I even took a video of this. And then I turned it on. And it says to wait about 15 minutes or so to kind of yeah. clear the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it took a little bit longer, but it like it was mostly cleared after 15 minutes. At one point, we had it on for like a while because it doesn't use that much fuel. And in that 15 foot radius, I was you know we we're just kind of sitting there hanging out, and I noticed my daughter was kind of sitting off to the side, like outside the radius. And so I was like, you know, there's not any mosquitoes around, but this could be because we have a fire. This could be all sorts of things. Maybe it's just like later at night. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I just asked her, I said, hey, are there mosquitoes over by where you're sitting? And she's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of them. And then I was like, oh, well, A, this thing seems to be working. And B, why are you sitting over there? Oh, wow. Why don't you sit out of the mosquitoes? Get over here. <laughs> You've had a similar experience, correct? Like in the interview when we're interviewing them, he's like, well, if you want to see it early proven, just turn it off and see how many mosquitoes come up. And I've done that numerous times. Uh, you know, I was like, does this thing really work? Is it just a day without mosquitoes? And then we turn it off and mosquitoes just come and attack us like you're talking about. We turn it back on, they go away. It's great. I can't wait for them to come out with their... He said that they're developing some that we're going to keep away the noceums and the biting flies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's... Right. That'd be great. That's big time. It, it's up here in the Trinities. Yeah. There's just mosquitoes galore. So I love my okay. I love my thermosol. I can't wait. I want to buy their. Uh, he was talking about their lithium battery ones that we can. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm gonna for camping. Yeah, I'm gonna buy one for for our van. You know, because we can recharge the lithium in our van. So here's the breakdown: is I would bring this on a trip where I had like my family or anybody that I thought was going to be concerned about mosquitoes, maybe somebody who's new to backpacking. If I was going in the early season, so I would say in my area or in the high mountains, like from May to early to mid July, kind of in that range, I'd be willing to bring this for sure. hundred percent. It does weigh, I think it's in an eight ounces. So you're, you're spending half a pound, but you're bringing quite a bit of comfort to your, yep. you know, your campsite. So my wife was like, this is a no brainer. Why wouldn't we bring this every single time we go? So yeah, it's one of my 10 essentials for sure. It comes with okay. me on every trip. Yeah. I was a little skeptical. Here's the question I wish I asked though, is because the way that it works is you plug it into your fuel canister and then you put like a cartridge that sort of heats up and kind of has this puff of smoke go up kind of into the air. And so I was trying to research the chemicals that it uses to ward off the mosquitoes and I couldn't... I don't want to know. Don't even okay. tell me. If you found them, don't tell me what they were. I don't want to know. I, well, I found what they were, but I don't know what that does because I don't put, you know, bug spray on myself. I'm sure, like, DEET has to be the worst. Then you got permethrin, and then, you know, for those that drink Coke, now you're just ingesting the chemicals straight in your body. So, whatever. I don't know what they are. 
I'm, I'm guessing it can't be worse than that. I just don't know what they are. I guess I don't know what they do. You want to hear something, something kind of silly real quick. Sure. Yeah. I sprayed deep Always. on, on my tent once on my, uh, okay. big Agnes tent and it just ate that rain fly. Oh out, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had no idea. It's like new to backpacking. I'm like, Oh, oh I just spray yeah. some of the stuff on, on here. So to keep them away. Yeah. And, no, you have D down your hands. If you're, you know, applying, you get on your hands and start touching like plasticky things. It just yeah. like melts it. So yeah. that's why Don't I say it's, it can't, it can't be worse than DEET. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't imagine what that stuff does to your skin, right? <laughs> did, did Big Agnes, do they warranty that? They're like, oh yeah, we warranty DEET sprayed tents. <laughs> uh, I took it, I took it back to REI and I used uh, Derek's REI membership for a return. And they gave <laughs> okay. it back to me. It was pretty cool. Okay. And they were like, oh, Derek, we don't, he doesn't usually use his REI membership number. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't <laughs> anything on it, so I didn't feel bad. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so anyway, th- so for me, thumbs up to, to Thermosel. I'm going to give them, I'm going to give um, four out of five mosquito bites because, yeah, if, if this could be lighter weight, I would, I don't know if it's possible, but. You know, like that's my only knock on it is it is you're spending some weight to bring this thing for sure. All right. Next up, we talked to a pack designer from Mystery Ranch. Mm. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Dana. Yes. Dana. Here we go. All right, I'm here with Dana from Mystery Ranch. How's it going, man? Pretty good, yeah. All right, can you tell us about the packs? Mystery Ranch packs, what are they all about? Who's your target market? What you got going on here? Well, we make backpacking packs, but we also make wildland firefighting backpacks, uh, backcountry hunting backpacks, and packs for the military. Our real mission is to like make the most make the best load bearing equipment for the most demanding users in the world. So we are all about fit, function, and quality. And so we have the most durable packs for people who are really going to get that out there. Okay, so I have to ask because we're new to Mystery Ranch. So what, like, what's the mystery? What's the mystery? Uh, no one's told me, and I've worked for the company in 22 years, so it just keeps going. Do you know how they got the name or where they came from at all? Okay, so uh, so I'm the son's founder, who's also Dana. Uh, he did Dana Design way back oh, when. Oh, Dana Design. So this is this is he's he's over there. The old man is over there, and he's done backpack companies since '75, and he's always moved through this system of like, I'm going to build it up and do some great things. And oftentimes he gets to this point where there's a partner, there's a problem in the company, and he decides that he's the one to move on, and he does that, takes that money builds another backpack company. He did that from Clutterworks, which you'd never heard of, Quest Systems, which you never heard of, into Dana Design, and there's always this building. He sold Dana Design in 95, and once his non-compete ran out, he was like, great, I'm gonna do another backpack company. That's really interesting, okay. I've, I've actually bought some Dana Designs packs recently at some garage sales, so yeah, those are, those are pretty old at this point though. But they're, they're based on the same quality and heritage and our construction techniques are the same and you know, I grew up in the whole thing, so my first job was at the Dana Design warranty department, taking apart other people's smelly backpacks and then uh, giving them to sewers and then putting them back together. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so, how, what's the worst backpack you've ever come across then, in terms of the rank smell? <laughs> well, rank smell is actually, I don't think that's the, the big thing. The funniest thing I've ever seen 
um, was someone loaned their pack out to another person, and that other person trashed it. And then, you know, when the person wanted to get it back, they're like, no, no, you have to clean this. And so the person, because they knew it was a really high quality backpack, they sent it to a dry cleaner. And so, dry cleaner and all the heat shrunk everything. All the plastic frame <laughs> sheets, like it became weird and bended and was unusable. Buckles were damaged. All kinds of things happened to it. All the elastic was shot um, and he sent it in. It was like, uh, your buddy, we'll give you a discount, but your buddy's got to replace this because like there's, this is well past gone. So you don't warranty dry cleaned packs? No, we don't. <laughs> we don't dry clean that. We, do, we we, you know, we'll help out and see what we can do. If we need to fix things, we will. Um, you know, we've had people who've had bear attacks and torn bags apart. We've had, uh, you know, of course, uh, rodents are the worst at getting into everything. I've had lots of damage from rodents. No matter how you hang it, where you hang it, it seems like they can scale cliffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mark Ripper did a whole video on how squirrels can get to into anything, basically. <laughs> so, as from a design perspective, all right, so it's come up multiple times on our show, as an idea, and I want to run it past you and see what you think about it. And it's helium infused packs, so it makes the pack lighter. You and I are uh, on the same. Path. You and I are in the same path. But I'm usually making fun of the, like there's the people who want to go as ultra light as possible, and I'm like, I've got the pack for you. You know, it's like shoulder straps. It's it's gonna be. We're gonna measure it probably by uh, how many liters of yeah helium we can put into it. It is actually net weight, so you put it on and it's a balloon, right? It's gonna pull you up so I'm with you it's like yeah you go you literally flow down the trail so if you need me to product test that one for me <laughs> for you I'll come down to the shop I'll, I'll hook it up with you guys and we can test that one out all right all right so I've got getting back to the whole dry cleaning thing um, our other host he's not here today his name is Derek he talked about how he actually cleaned his backpack one time by throwing it in the washing machine. What would you say to that? That's a bad idea. That's a super bad idea. So a lot of the different enzymes that break down stains also break down polyurethane coatings. So if you like your bag to remain waterproof, I would probably not do that. We've actually always suggested that people wash their backpack like they'd wash their dog. You will either want to take it into a tub and give it a nice light scrubbing, um, or you want to take it outside with a hose and wash it down that way. But again, you like you want to use you know super light detergents that are not going to be harsh and break down any of the coatings. Um, and you want to make sure to be real gentle when you're scrubbing things. Washing machines are actually extremely damaging, and when you're doing a lot of testing to understand when materials break down, you actually a lot of the testing happens in a washing machine, which you you just take the timer out so you can just run it for 24 hours and you get to see how much you damage something. So if you want to preserve something, people talk about this with like, you know, high quality jeans. It's like, don't wash them. Just don't ever wash them. Um, I mean, they start to stand up by themselves at a certain point, but like, that's how you're going to get that material to like continue to really last. Washing machines, super important, really great to get your stuff clean, but they will also degrade the, the construction for a, 
if you do it too much. Last question I had was one thing that I noticed about your packs. I think it's the Bridger pack in, spe in specific that I that caught my eye was I use a lot of those running style vests that have the pockets right there on the chest that are like stretchy. You can shove all sorts of stuff in them and that's literally built into the pack, which I think is amazing. Was that like your design idea? That was actually my design idea. That's and it awesome. was it was very much like, what if we could take a running vest and make it into the harnessing, right? And it was it was a, had a lot to do with I've been doing a lot of running as well, and having everything up front is really great. Um, and so, just one of those things that also when I've been hiking, one of the things that I do, especially if I'm going solo, is I want to go as long as I can without stopping because that's how I'm going to get the most miles on the trail. So having it so I have you know any little things, whether it's um, food, camera, water, all completely accessible, means that. I'm gonna go longer and that's that's one of the real drives on that is that it's about making sure that you have what you need where you want it available to me that seems super obvious like I would have designed that myself years ago so kudos to you for figuring that out I'm surprised other companies have not figured that out so well done my friend so yeah uh, any takeaways from this conversation I loved talking to somebody that actually gets down and tears these packs apart and sees what kind of abuse mm -hmm. that they take. It was fascinating talking to this guy and, li and listening to him. And also, he right. he agreed to uh, R&D one of my design options. And I that was pretty cool. <laughs> I can't wait till it comes out. <laughs> we're going to get to a net zero backpack. This is like the primetime example of kind of what we were looking for at the show is where you kind of throw him like a curveball question, and he... He was listening to your question. like So this was an actual conversation. I think I complained at the last show about how I ran into somebody who was more of like a salesperson, and then I like would interrupt mm -hmm. their sales pitch with a question, and they were like completely thrown off, and were like, wait, wait uh-huh. And... Wait, that's not my script. Yeah, it was like a script, exactly. And so this was a pure conversation. He, he was actually... I mean, really, all the folks that we got the chance to talk to were very engaging. But uh, yeah, I was impressed with some of the stuff he had to say as well i mean i was really excited when he talked about being a runner and he's like i just incorporated the running vest into the backpack i was like yes yes thank you so yeah let's let's add more weight to these things i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> well no, they was, are they're they're, they're legitimately heavier packs like these are not yeah. your ultra light pack if you're trying to you know cover a ton of miles you're trying to shave ounces this is not going to be the pack for this this is a pack for a different kind of trip so well what that 65 liter what what did it weigh in at it was like five. So five, I tried five. out. Well, it's different. Yeah, it's different depending upon the size. But I I tried out the uh, Mystery Ranch Bridger sixty five liter pack, and that was like a five point five uh -huh. pound pack. So that's a heavy duty pack, right? The Atmos is around four and a half, four point five. So it's not that much heavier. So I would totally carry the weight. So yeah. Well, what you're here's what you're getting with the weight is that you're getting an, a, a significantly more comfortable ride. So I brought this on a trip with. You know, multiple families. I'm carrying a lot of extra stuff, and so I think my pack probably weighed in, in the 30 to 35 pound range, and it rode very comfortably. In fact, at one point, I think I picked up my pack after taking a rest, and I was like, "Man, my pack's pretty heavy," but I wouldn't have thought it was that heavy based upon how it rode on mm -hmm. my body. It was just that comfortable, and it's like one of those packs where oh, just, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've had a pack like this where it kind of you the hip belt like kind of wraps around your hips and it just feels like this big kind of hug. It's like blankety hug around your hips. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So have you, yeah, you tried on some Mystery Ranch packs when we were there. What did you think? I know you didn't like backpack with them, but you had a pretty strong reaction, right? Yeah, I tried their day pack. And when I, when I threw it on, you know, obviously it didn't have any weight in it. They just had it stuffed kind of like you do when you go in and try a, a pack out and, and, uh, at REI or something like that. But I threw that thing on my mm. back and it actually shocked me at how comfortable it was. And I don't know if you remember Michelle, but she looked at me and she's like, yeah, see what I'm talking about. She saw, she saw the look on my face and, uh, I loved it, man. I would love to try out one of those, one of the bigger packs. Well, you can try the one sure. I have, so I'll save it for you. Kind of getting back to the con- the concept of the, the bigger packs with the kind of heavier duty stuff. So they use a thicker material that's more durable. This is going to be one of those packs that just like lasts forever. It's got all the bells and whistles, got kind of like pockets everywhere to the point where they have a pocket inside the top lid, the brain of the pack, where you can mm. stick your keys in your wallet or your passport or really anything else you'd ever want to stick up there. And it's like in this mesh pocket separate from the rest of the contents where you're just not going to lose it. Yeah. And I thought that was cool. And then it's got, you know, like the lid kind of comes off and turns into a fanny pack and just like everything, just pockets and compartments and straps and everything. Like I said, the big one for me was the, the uh, shoulder strap that has the pocket there where you can kind of slide your phone in. You can even slide like a small water bottle in or, you know, anything else, any snacks you want right on your mm-hmm. chest strap, kind of like the running vest, that one, that's kind of the, the biggest selling point for me. But in terms of the durability, so I had a different, I had like a lightweight pack on our last trip. And Mike, when you were kind of clambering around Canyonlands, did, did that mark up or create any holes in your pack that you noticed? No, that other brand name backpack is pretty bulletproof also. <laughs> okay. I, I have the mesh pocket on the back. I've ripped that thing a little bit, but as for dragging it around, no, it's, it's got a tough bottom on it too. Okay. And so I had, I had a lightweight pack, one of the more ultralight packs, and that thing got torn up. In Canyonlands? Or in Canyonlands, yeah. It has, it has like these mini holes like in the bottom. It's, it's just got thinner material, man. And just, so I think that for me, if I'm going on a trip where I'm looking for comfort, I'm not going to be killing the miles, especially if I'm bringing the kids. Have you been backpacking with kids before? Uh, no, no, I have not. So here's, here's how it works. If you put your pack down and you've got young kids with you, you could put it down anywhere. It could be surrounded by like shards of glass, <laughs> you know, cactus fields. You're like, nobody's ever going here. I'm just gonna put my pack down for a minute. You turn away, you turn back. There's like three kids standing on it. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing or how they got back there. You're just like, how does this even happen? And so this would be that kind of pack where it's going to hold up to kids walking on your pack. So nice. uh, overall, for what it does, durability, fit, everything, I would give it, I think I'm going to go with the five out of five comfy rides. Oh, nice. Five out of five. I love it. Yeah, because it fits, it fits its purpose. We Now you have to understand like what it's intended for. So... Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm gonna buy their their day pack for sure. I don't, I don't even okay. care if I have a discount code or not. They were just that good, so I, okay. I, I could see that it was. Uh, I could see why you get a give it a five out of five. All right, so we got one more interview that Mike led coming up. We'll play that at the end, and then let's just talk about some of the gear that we that we kind of came across or were able to get a hold of from the show that you've had a chance to test out. So you you tried on some i guess backpacking style socks from fox river correct yeah you know when we stopped by the booth and we're talking to the guys you know immediately they just said here take a pair of socks you know they 
They had them all sitting there on their end caps or their shelves. And I took them home right. and I'm like, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of biased to exoskin. You know, I really like their socks. So I felt a little mm-hmm. uncomfortable doing it, but I took them and they're completely different socks. You know, exoskin is the thin compression feeling sock. And then the Fox River socks, so man, they are super comfortable merino wool. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I haven't taken them out on the trail. I've taken them, uh, I've worked out in them and I've uh, taken them camping with me a couple times. And then to be okay. honest with you, I, I wear them to work, man. They're, they're a really bright green, so they don't quite go with the button up shirts that I wear, collared shirts for work. But uh, mm-hmm. I love them. I have, I, I don't know, I've probably worn them. 25 30 times since we since we got them from the show and i i like them so much that it hasn't been 25 or 30 days since since, <laughs> since the show <laughs> are you are you taking them on or like taking them off put them back on multiple times a day well that's the way we have to test them right and so i just okay. keep wearing them over and over again <laughs> they have a cashmere sock also which i i emailed them about i wanted to test out a pair of those they're cashmere, merino wool, and it might have been silk, but they, instead of it like just being infused into it, they actually create the fabric out of all three of them. So they make all three of them into one single thread and then make the socks with those. And I'm really excited to get in contact with okay. those guys and possibly do an interview with them and you know, see what they have to say about their stuff. It was fascinating to talk to them. I wish that we would have broke out the audio recorder and, and interviewed them on the spot. But I like these, I like these socks so much that uh, my wife, my buddy's birthday is coming up, and my wife came to me and she's like, "Hey, we gotta find, we gotta find something for Mark to buy, to buy him for his birthday gift." And it was, it was no, no question. It was, I was like Fox River socks, send them, you know, he's a backpacker also real outdoorsy. So I'm like, yes, find two pairs that we really like and send them off to him. And so he's getting up two pairs of Fox River socks. So you're um, already selling socks. You're selling their socks for them. Is what you're saying? I am. I am. I okay. just so impressed. So impressed. Wow. Okay. Them. So how would you rate them? I would rate them. Let's see. I'd have to go for right now. So that's a caveat. I've only worn them. I don't know. Probably I've probably probably put 10, 20 miles on them. Not too much. So mm-hmm. right now at this point, I'd rate them a five out of five stinky smell. Mm. Well so done. Well done. Let's okay, see. So let's you're... see in about 200 miles what they look like. If they still hold up as right. well as they do, I will, I will swear by these things. Okay, so we've got one we're going to talk about, and then after that, we're going to hit on our favorite overall item from the show. So next up is the, is it Kusa or Kusa, like tea and coffee drink mixes, correct? Yeah, those are pretty good. And we got them at the very end of the show, too, which was kind of cool, just by happen chance. Like on our way out, literally. Literally. Describe what they are, what what their kind of thing is. So I would describe it a lot like the Vias from Starbucks. They're the little drink mixes single servings powder and like you said they had coffee they have tea i know you're a big tea drinker i'm a i'm a big coffee drinker in, i am in my yeah. family so uh they gave okay. us the pack and and i took them all didn't i i didn't give you one of them did i give you any of them you no i took some but you oh you took some but he handed you like a very generous kind of variety pack of them on our way out and you 
Very. I don't know. Did you just grab it out of his hands or did you kindly take it? How would you describe that? Whatever. You know that I <laughs> want to grab something out of their hands. And then you like made a run for it. And then I was like, sorry, I apologize for him. He's excited for this. He likes getting free stuff. <laughs> and then you, then you took it out of my suitcase before I left, didn't you? And said, I want some of these. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, no. but they're little single serving drink mixes that you just add to water, right? Yeah. And you know, you abuse your drink mixes anyways. We all know that you leave them on the trail. You don't care about mm. them. So I figured that I, I would be the, about I would be the best one to try these out. I grabbed, just so you know, I grabbed a couple of coffee ones because my wife likes to drink those on the trail and she liked them a lot. Mm. I didn't get a chance to try their tea ones. Did you try any of the tea variety? I didn't. I didn't because I'm not a big tea drinker, but uh, Jen tried the tea a couple days okay. ago. And Jen's and your wife. she... Yeah, Jen. Jen is my wife, Mrs. Tupperware, as I okay. think uh, Derek calls her. <laughs> but <Okay>. uh, <laughs> and she gave a great review. She said it was light, it was refreshing, and she liked how there was a, a lot of different flavors in there. You know, there mm-hmm. was there was hints of licorice and just everything that makes a good tea a tea. I guess I'm, is are these sweetened or unsweetened? I no, I don't think it was sweetened. It was just regular okay. regular tea. Like if you brew it or steep it with a tea bag, it was kind of okay. the same thing. And the coffee was really good too. I had the coffee. It had a coffee and chai mixed together mm-hmm. and it was good. I, I, my only complaint and it's my complaint with all these instant drink mixes is they need to put more in there. So like, I don't know what kind of cups of coffee these guys are drinking if they're only like two or three ounces of mm. of coffee, but I like a good cup of coffee in the morning. You know what I mean? A good big cup like of coffee. Like a mug full, basically. Yeah, exactly. So I always, and I always have uh, had to put two two packets in to get at least, you know, a, a decent sized cup of coffee for myself. And if if there was anything that I could say negative about the coffee, that that would be it. It's just so you'd want you'd six. have to double up your packets in order to get a sufficient yeah. amount. Okay. Yeah, definitely double gotcha. up my packets. I think it's I think they make six ounces, six or eight ounces. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't bad, but I could see having to double them up if I was on the trail for sure. Okay. One thing I do like is that they they sell the variety packs, so. I wish more com- more drink mix companies did that where you could just kind of buy all sorts of different flavors, but they straight up, yeah, they give you the variety packs. That's pretty cool. So you like it when people tell you what to drink, huh? By the variety packs. You must drink peach <laughs> and green and black. <laughs> One for each day. No, you can't have just I like English I like breakfast. variety, my friend. I like variety. Oh, okay. But they I mean they sell if you like a certain kind, they sell like, you know, a full packet of that kind as well. So what would you score this then knowing that that so your one knock on it is you want more per packet what do you what do you score it Well um I I I still would score it a 5 out of 5 on the energy for the day but since you <laughs> since you mentioned that I would have to use two of them I'll give them a 4 out of a 5 but begrudgingly okay. I will score them a lower score for that They gotcha. I could see buying these again for sure definitely all right, Carl. So you've heard of all of my good stuff. What was your favorite item from the show? Okay, so one I haven't mentioned yet. This is one that I wasn't even planning on visiting. I just kind of happened to walk by. We went to all of them. What are you talking about? We everybody. didn't get to everybody. Yeah. We didn't get to everybody. No? Okay. No. Incorrect. This was, so I, we talked to Brian Vargo, and he's the president and CEO 
of Vargo Outdoors, which makes the titanium mugs, mm. pots, like kind of a variety of that stuff. A lot of them are called like bots. I thought when I first glanced, I was like, okay, well, there's a couple companies that make, you know, the titanium stuff, right? But then yeah. upon mm-hmm. taking a closer look, I was like, wait a second, this is a little bit different. They've, they've got a little bit more versatility here. And so I tried out, they have like a 700 milliliter capacity mug. And so here's why this is my favorite is because I think anybody that uses those MSR stoves or really like the BRS stoves, just any stove, basically any non-Jeb oil stove. Right. I I don't know why you wouldn't have this as your pot, basically. Really? Yeah, it's so stinking versatile because it just works as a pot, right? So you can just Mm -hmm. heat things up like normal. But it also, it comes in various sizes and it can work as a mug. And a lot of people really love drinking their coffee, their tea, their hot drinks, whatever, out of a mug. And so it can literally just heat up right on the stove as a mug, okay? And then it comes with a watertight lid, so you can use it. I mean, you could, you know, heat up your stuff, keep it warm for a while. You can put your freeze-dried food into it, water seal it so that it can rehydrate while you're waiting for the 10 minutes. You can cold soak stuff if you're weird and really like bad tasting food. <laughs> <laughs> you can cold soak it and you can put it in there. And then you you flip the lid over to make it the top of the pot. So it's like the pot lid, right? So that you can still, uh-huh. so if you, for example, if you just bought a titanium mug, well, it doesn't have a lid to it. So it's going to f- heat up your drink right. inefficiently. Well, this will heat it up efficiently without wasting the fuel while providing all the other things a typical pot does. But then in addition to that, it can still do, you know, the rehydrating or the cold soaking. So it just like one thing does three different things basically. Nice. So, you know, I got my name, my nickname Tupperware Mike, because I bring Tupperware to rehydrate my food. Could this replace my Tupperware? I think it could, my friend. I think it could. And and I don't think you just bring the Tupperware for that. You had like kiwis in your Tupperware. That's not rehydrating foods to oh i did carry the yeah. kiwis in there so, well you, you don't want to get them squished right you don't want squished kiwis in no you don't want canister. kiwis at all on a backpacking trip <laughs> what are you talking about come on okay those were darn good kiwis let me just I, let me just give the breakdown of this thing real mm-hmm. quick with the vargo it was like i it was like i got the 700 milliliter capacity here's what i think is kind of funny because and they're not the only company that does this. So it's like it's like 700 milliliters capacity, right? So it's metric system, but it weighs 4.7 ounces. So it's not it's non-metric system, standard system. <laughs> oh wow! And then yeah, kind of funny. Um, my only nitpick is it has these like interior markings, so you know how much is going into the mug or pot that you have. Yeah, sure. And yeah, and I wish that that was in like ounce or cup measuring systems since most of our freeze-dried stuff, if not all of it, is in like cups, right? Like put in one and two-thirds cups or whatever. So that would be my nitpick. All right. So, Carl, I have to ask, man, I'm, I'm not doubting your capabilities, but did you check the other side of the container to make sure that it didn't have, <laughs> uh, it wasn't in cups instead of... Uh, you are doubting my capabilities and... As you know, I'm not attention to details, guys, so I probably should double-check that. So I'll, I'll get back to okay. you on that one, but good call. Double-check and it'll, good be, thinking a, there. it'll be a tidbit. <laughs> it'll be a tidbit. All right, so it was the Bot 700 is the one that I ended up going with. I think I think you'd want a bigger one, though, if you're going to do the you know freeze-dried meals. I think you'd want to pour into a bigger container there. But 
All right, Mike, what is your favorite overall item from the show? You know, the one takeaway, and I'm going to judge it on just the sheer factor that she was so knowledgeable and friendly to us was the Cedar Summit booth. Man, you remember how big mm. that thing was? Their whole booth? That was crazy. Yeah, it was like a Cedar Summit store. Is what it kind of was. Like. It was really impressive, I got to tell you. So, you know, right away she came over to us and started, and we, we started asking her, what we're looking into and and I'm really interested in pillows right now. You know, we talk a lot about sleeping okay. on the trail or good sleep on the trail. Right. And I had never thought mm -hmm. about this, but you guys have been talking about bringing two pillows and I was like, that's genius, right? You want to get good night's sleep. Mm -hmm. And when we started talking to her, she was showing us the, uh, it was the pillow that, it was stuffed with their bits and pieces from their leftovers of their uh, insulated mats. So it was really soft and squishy. Mm -hmm. But then she rolled it up and like put the little flap over it and it just held an, into a compression into a compression state. And I was like, wow, that's genius. I couldn't believe it. That pillow is going to be the two of the pillows will be my next purchases when, whenever I have any money, whenever I get the sponsorship from these episodes, <laughs> then I'll be able to buy the pillows. Okay. <laughs> so never is what you're saying. My residuals. <laughs> All right. Fair enough, my friend. Okay. So the Cedar Summit pillow is your favorite item. Overall, we didn't hit on every place we we visited. Yeah, we did. Come on. Quit lying. We did not even close, but one, one group of folks we did run into was, from Eureka, California, Mike's local backpacking shop, Pacific Outfitters. And I just gave the microphone to Mike and I said, all right, Mike, you interview your guys. Mike already knew these guys. They were very friendly. I had a great conversation with them. And so here's how Mike's interview with the locals went down. So we're here with Pacific Outfitters. I travel all the way to another state and run into our local outfitters here in, there in Eureka, California with Aaron and, and Jonathan. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Having a great time at the show. All right, so I wanted to pick your guys' brain. Number one, what you guys saw that really stood out to you here at the show. We've seen a lot of cool gear uh, at this show as we do every time we showed up. But so far what I've liked is by Thermocell, it's our backpacking uh, mosquito repellent that screws onto your isobutane propane fuel canister. So I'm constantly getting attacked by bugs and uh, putting the stuff on my skin I'm not a big fan on. So it weighs six and a half ounces. I think it's a pretty cool little tech piece to have in the outdoors. That's perfect. And you guys carry that in your stores, don't you? Thermosel already? Uh, we will be, definitely after seeing what we saw today. Uh, but yeah, we're just, we've, we've covered probably about a third of the show today. So we're looking forward to seeing the other two thirds. Nice, nice. So I know we have a small community up there in the Redwoods. Uh, and what something that really sticks out with me with your guys' store is you guys are really competitive with the big box stores. Now, I've, I've shopped at your stores many times. I try to spread the love between all the different local stores that we have. But I always seem to come back to yours because you guys, even though when I go to your store and I look up a price that you guys have and I try to look it up on Amazon or one of the big box stores, you guys are always super Super competitive I really I really appreciate that about you guys how do you guys stay so competitive in in such a remote area like we're in 
Yeah, we're really cognizant of pricing. We try to be one of the best prices of town, if not the best price in town. Competing with the internet is difficult, uh, but we do that through being part of a big buying group. So there's uh, buy groups out there that a lot of small independent retailers get together and can duplicate being similar to the buying power of like Target or Walmart or something like that. Uh, and through those groups, we're able to secure the price that everyone else has and stay competitive in the market. Yeah. Us alone, you know, we can't compete with what Walmart will spend. We put 400 of us together, writing orders together, and that allows us to uh, compete with them in pricing and get to uh, competitive pricing. Nice, nice. We won't even mention the word Walmart in this interview at all. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so last question with being uh, with being backpackers ourselves and our listeners buying a lot of backpacking gear and you guys owning great backpacking, a great backpacking store outfitter. What is three key pieces of advice? Now you guys can share these, but what's three great key pieces of advice for any person walking into an outdoor store to get the best deal on backpacking gear? The absolute best thing you can do if you're just starting out is to not be shy and talk to one of our outfitters. All of the people we employ are backpackers. All of them have been doing it for years and getting their insight into the things that work and the things that don't work before you head out into the trail with way too much stuff, less is more. that is irreplaceable years of information that is worth its weight in gold. Uh, absolutely the most important thing is to talk to someone that's done it before you try to get into it yourself. Nice, great piece of advice. And Aaron, what do you got? Uh, to mimic what Jonathan said, you know, you could only get so much reading it on the internet or reading it in a, an article in a backpacker magazine, really being able to talk to an expert and have them qualify you based on where, you know, your size, your body type, where you like to go, how long you want to go, and uh, really get the perfect piece of equipment for what you want to do. Nice, nice. Okay, well, I appreciate your time, you guys, and have a great rest of the show. All right, so you were you were kind of challenging me on you know my interview skills. Can, can I challenge you? Uh, sure. Let's go. Bring it at me. Okay. So wait a second. Just to, <laughs> yeah. just to preface this, you're a seasoned veteran at this, and I'm a newbie. Okay. Okay. Now we can bring it on. <laughs> wait, you're a newbie at having conversations. <laughs> I'm a newbie at having a microphone stuck in my face. That's for uh, sure. <laughs> I feel like most of my conversations are interviews because I feel like a lot of people I talk to don't have conversation skills like you do. So I'm just simply asking them questions mm-hmm. and they are very happy to talk about themselves. <laughs> so, so I just feel like I get practice all the time. I bet you do too. Yeah. Don't you think that's true? Yeah, for sure. I don't know what it is about sticking a microphone in your face though. And it just changes everything. It's, it's really strange. Yeah. Because now you're on record. I don't know. I don't know. So I think you'd actually, honestly, I think you did a really good job. Well, thank you, man. What, what I thought was, yeah, what I thought was interesting because this is a challenge we've had in our in our show is when you ask a question and it doesn't really get answered, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do when that happens? Like, do you really want to know the answer to the question or do you think maybe they don't have quite what you're looking for? And so this, so Derek and I've actually talked about this kind of behind the scenes all the time. It's like, should we just move on to the next question? Mm-hmm. Like if I say, for example, what's your favorite piece of gear? And then they, they start going off into a story about trail names and they want to give us a backstory. And we're like five minutes in, they haven't talked about gear at all. 
do we circle back to the question or do we just go on to the next question? <laughs> because we've had, you know, sometimes people respond to questions differently or they're kind of more outside the box thinkers. Right. So that's, this has been like a debate we've had. I don't know that we've come to a conclusion, but the question that you asked that didn't fully get answered was right at the end when you said, can you give me three tips from like the perspective of somebody who's like a, you know, a shopper. Yeah. Right. And they gave you one really good tip, but I think because we didn't give them the questions ahead of time, they didn't have a you know a chance to process through to think through right. what they might say. So yeah, so I thought that actually how you handled that was great. Like you're like, yeah, they get one tip, we're putting them on the spot. They don't, they haven't thought through their answer, and that was a good tip. So let's just stick with that. So thanks for coming on the show. And so overall, I I, I would say that's probably how I would have handled it too. Not that I'm a professional, that's just kind of my style. So mm-hmm. thumbs up, man. Thumbs up. Yeah, and when I listened to it the second time, they actually really gave us a pretty good tip at, on how to save money, not buy right. a bunch of gear. So, but I kind of felt the same way. I, I I was I I said it more of a as joking with them, like how do I save money in your store? And then they ran into the you know size and find find a person that knows what they're doing. So they did answer mm-hmm. it. They just didn't take they didn't catch on that I was being silly. I didn't think you were being silly. I thought that was that was a good question. Oh. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I was joking with them. It's like, how do I okay. save money in your store? How do we as yeah. backpackers get extra discounts? Is there a secret handshake? <laughs> is it a code word that all of you guys know? All right. So thanks to Aaron and Jonathan for for stopping by and uh, saying hi to us Absolutely. on the on the microphone. Just excellent gentlemen. I bet like that sounds like a store I'd go shopping in. So if you're up in Northern California, the Eureka Zone, Pacific Outfitters is the name of the store. If you're going backpacking. If you want to go backpacking up in Northern California and you want to see a Bigfoot, that's a place to go, right? That's it, right? Okay, okay. Mike, man, I really appreciate you coming out for the show. It was way more fun to have somebody along with me asking questions and interested in gear that, I don't know, I wouldn't have, like there were booths we stopped by. I'm like, I wouldn't have stopped by that booth. But because we did, I actually learned quite a bit. And so, yeah, so thanks for coming on the show with us and being a a co-host of the Outdoor Retailer Show and the wrap-up. Absolutely, man. I really appreciate you letting me come and do the interviews and, and teaching me your ways. I really learned a lot and it was it was great to connect. I really, honestly, Carl, I really had a good time hanging out with you for a couple of days. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, man. All right. So there's two companies that we didn't get a chance to yeah. or that that weren't included in this that should have been. So one was Buff. That, did I talk to you about that at all? No. You did okay. not. Yeah. So we, I, I got a, so I challenged Buff. I don't know how much I want to reveal because I might try this again, but I challenged Buff to like a customer service challenge because remember how, how they don't really oh, respond to me ever. Good for you. Yeah, I did. And I recorded it. We did the challenge live on with, with the microphone I had and we had technical difficulties. And so I don't have the recording. No, yeah. no, that is, it's like not meant to be. It's like, it's like, there's like a Buff curse or something. What did they say at least while you were there? Did they say like, we should have gotten back to you? I'm so sorry. I don't know. Should I tell you the story or is it better for me to try again at the next show? Just tell me, tell me the quick version. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, the lady that we talked to was like the nicest person. Like so nice. That's nice. Basically, I, 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 in a very nice way, I challenged her on everything. I said, look, I said, I have a hard time getting a hold of buff in general. I would like to do a customer service challenge. If while we're, while I'm interviewing you, I'm going to call up customer service. We're going to, I'm going to have my phone next to us. If at any point, they answer the phone. Like I get a voice, I get a real human, you win. I'll buy you a, a new stick of deodorant. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and, the way, and then I said, but if if we're if we're still on hold or I can't get a hold of anybody for the duration of this interview, then you've got to give 
Tupperware Mike here a free buff. So um, she's like, she's like, uh, of course, of course, I'm going to take that challenge. Our customer service is awesome. I was like, really? really? Maybe I just, yeah. So, so, um, so I called them up and then they they put me on hold of me. They're like, you are number one in the queue. She's like, that's not bad. We're going to be on here in a moment. I was like, great. So we talk and we have, we had a good interview. She's like I said, she's very friendly. And then we go to the duration and then it starts like right at the end, the, the phone starts ringing. <laughs> okay, so we're like five minutes in and you know, usually when it's ringing, it sends you to a real person, right? Right. It sends us to voicemail. No. Yeah. And she was so embarrassed. She felt oh, so wow. bad. In fact, on the spot, she called her company and was like, who is in charge of customer service? How come nobody's answering the phone? Like, what is going on here? Yeah. And yeah, so I'm happy to do it again and see maybe they've improved the next time. But yeah. she was like, she felt so bad. She like pulled out this whole bin of like buffs and buff hats. And she's like, what do you guys want? Just take Wow. <laughs> Good for her. That is embarrassing so, though. Yeah. She felt, I mean, yeah, again, they were like the nicest people. So Jeez. Yeah, it's hard for me. I did still ask about the shirt sleeve thing, and I asked that you know what you'd expect me to ask, but um, we'll, we'll try again. We'll try again to be continued. So we talked about so we got Jet Boy, we got Thermocell Mystery Ranch packs, we had the Vargo right. bot. Lots. We of, talked about yeah. Fox. We talked all these things. So, so Derek, of all the things we just talked about, which piece of gear would you be most interested in trying out on a trip? Ooh, which would I? What would I want to do? I don't know if I want to weigh. I don't want to. I don't want a backpack that weighs more. Uh, jet boil. Okay. I think we're all set. I think I'd have to go in the mugs. I don't really do. I have to go with the, the Fox river socks. Okay. Cause you're a sock guy. I'm a sock guy. They, I think I, I, I did a little research on them. They have like six different types. Obviously I'm not going to get the cotton. So we'll X that out. So they mm-hmm. just had a bunch of different types, um, colors, all that were great. So I, I I'd try all those right. out for sure. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I'm yeah. We, Got a chance to try a lot of these things. And so I'm excited about all the things that we shared. There's definitely some some gear. So like one company that I thought was really interesting that we didn't end up interviewing, I wish we did, was they made these like hydration packs, kind of like these running vests. But instead oh, of right, like right, you drink right. out of it, it like sprays a mist. It's like a mister in front of you. And so if you're hiking, it sprays it at a slower rate. If you're running at a faster rate. So it's kind of like those misters they really? have at, you know, like theme, yeah, theme like parks the and stuff. Amusement yeah. parks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like that? I, I would be in some mist. Give me a little mist. You know, why not? I, okay. I mean, how fast, How long does it last? I guess it depends how fast I run, right? It was like a cup and a half of water was like an hour. Oh, that's okay. Okay. Yeah. And then what, can I like dip it in the stream and keep going or what? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're, you I don't know that you'd bring this backpack because it has the battery to, to do the misting stuff. But if you're out and you're on like a mm. long day hike or a long run, yeah, absolutely. If you had clear water. I mean, could I get like Giardia? Would I get like Ooh. Giardia if I breathe in the Giardia mist? Giardia mist. That's a good question. See, this is why I need to go because nobody's going to ask that but me. Yeah, I don't know. Can you get Giardia from the mist? You know? Can you get Giardia? Or if you put a buff over your mouth. You can get gorillas in the mist. Which wouldn't really make sense. Would that filter out the Giardia? Would you say, can you get gorillas in the mist? You can get gorillas in the mist, but can you get Giardia in the mist? <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, <laughs> would you have asked that question on the spot, you think? It just popped in my head right now, yeah. Probably. So probably. This is exactly, this is exactly why you need to go. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, those types of questions. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, thanks to all those companies. We really enjoy connecting. Excellent interviews. And yeah, man. Uh, all right. So you get trivia this time? We get trivia. We get trivia. Okay. And we're going we're gonna to do it. We're going to lay it on you right after this. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, 
We make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Okay, it's time for Rare Gear Trivia. Are you interested in travel and backpacking-oriented fishing gear? Their fly rod travels rigged and ready to cast in just 30 seconds. And at just 17 inches in length when stored, it fits anywhere. Check it out at RareGear.com. That's R-E-Y-R. All right, Derek, lay it on me. What's your trivia? We got we got trivia. Okay. And uh, so I thought we'd, I would keep it simple because you have not been doing good with trivia. You've been failing everything. I said, what can I do to help this person pass a trivia? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't even want to put a punishment on here because I just feel like it's, it's just too mean. No, that's my thing. You have to be, be your own person. Be your own person. You do you is how they say it. Am I trying to be like you? Is that what's happening? Often. I don't think that would that would <laughs> never happen. Trust me. My shoulders are great. Okay, so three questions. Okay. I'm just praying to the Lord on high that you can pass this. All right. Okay. I'm just I'm just praying that these are reasonable questions. This this question is uh, you should already you should already get this right because uh, you already told me this. So okay. there's no ex- I- no excuse. <laughs> is one of your questions like what number am I thinking of right now? What? Oh, that's the first question. <laughs> that is it. It's always four. It's always four. Okay. Uh, okay. Where this this should be no brainer. Where is next year's outdoor retail show in 2023? Oh, we just yeah, Salt Lake City. No, Salt Lake City. You got you Utah. got lucky with that one. That was lucky. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what, good thinking though. I like that. Another easy one. What other type of show does outdoor retails do each year? Outdoor retails. I like that. Uh, so they do outdoor they retailer. Do a snow show. A snow show. Yeah. Stop right there. You're right. Okay. Look at you. Yeah, I went to that one. I went to that one. That, it wasn't very good this year. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to that next time. Do you go? Do you ski or snowboard? No. They had to... regular stuff because they also have stuff that's like coming out with in the spring, you know, pre big time summer backpack. Aren't you a big so... snowshoer? You're a big snowshoer. I used to be. Yeah. I used to be. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. It seems appropriate. All right. I already passed trivia, but what's your what's your last one? Well, well done. Okay. When were the Olympics hosted in Denver? Was it 1958, 1966, or 1970? I did not live in Denver at this time. 
Uh, mm. Let's go with 1970. Incorrect. They were never in Denver. It was a trick question. Okay. <laughs> I thought you'd know that because you live back, there. Welcome back, Derek. <laughs> I thought you'd know that because you live there. He gets some neat thoughts about the statue at the airport. He gets to uh, a statue at the airport. I don't know, but he doesn't Are know. Are you a native Californian? Because I'm not a native, native Denverite. <laughs> Did you just say Denverite? I, I, Denverite. Wow, yeah. I can't even answer. Denver, Denverian? Are you deflecting and, and uh, getting defensive because you didn't know that the Olympics? <laughs> I can't defend. I, I didn't know if that. I were you, I you would feel me. foolish to that. not know that the Olympics. I know that the Olympics were in Los Angeles in 1988. I knew that. But I guess you don't know that. From, from, a, number of, from a number of episodes ago, Derek's re- referencing, we were talking about conspiracies, and he thought maybe the John Wayne statue at the Orange County Airport was three <laughs> feet tall. And then our buddy Jared like t- showed it. I don't know. He texted us a picture of him standing next to it, and it was like, mm-hmm. Was like eight or nine feet tall, something like that. It was close. It was close. <laughs> this is your local airport. It's kind of funny. Well, you don't really pay attention, though. <laughs> That's true. It's true. It's all right. I got one tidbit for you. One tidbit. All right, go ahead. All right. So since I recorded with Mike, I actually have taken the Jet Boil customer service challenge. They they said like, Ooh. hey, if you're having issues, and so yeah. I talked to Brenda from customer service and actually got around. <laughs> as opposed to the buff, like I actually like she answered relatively fast, and wow. I told her my situation where. The piezo lighter wasn't where it needed to be moving. It just wasn't clicking, so it wasn't creating the spark. And she's like, okay. well, how long have you had this? And I was like, uh, like one or two years. And I think it was more like three years. I just was, I didn't think through that. You just lied to her spot. face. You, you lied to her face. No, yeah, to her face on the phone. Correct. Yeah, and, got it. <laughs> anyway, so she's like, yeah, that's out of warranty. She's like, I can't, I can't um, like fix it for you or anything, but I'll give you a 50% off coupon for you know to replace your jet boil she's like mm, actually how about for anything on, on our site so here's one code one time wow. use 50 percent off you can replace the entire jet boil and i was like that's that's nice that's a good you. deal yeah so nice. yeah. yeah so i took the challenge and i would say that jet boil uh succeeded so well done brenda well done brenda that's yeah. now that's hey buff that's some good customer service yeah. that's what that is and we oh, have Jetboil wow. on our website. We recommend that as one of our best pieces of backpacking gear, our backpackingblisters.com, yes. along with other things. And that, my friend, is all I got. That's that's all I got. Um, guys, thanks again for tuning in. Check out the Patreon. Subscribe to the B&B family. We'd love to uh, add some more of you guys to the family. And uh, remember, guys, if you uh, need to bring, there's no need to bring a whistle on the trip when you have Carl on your on your trip because he can carry a tune just breathing through his nose. We'll see you next time. Uh, yeah. So, you know, uh, there was a, there was a time when, um, you know, Carl's on a trip with me and he, he looked over at me and he's like, he's like, he's like, Derek, can you, can you stop snoring? And I was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not snoring. What are you talking about? I'm like, I'm, I'm awake. What do you mean I'm snoring? And he didn't realize that his other nostril, which is the size of like a tennis ball is, is just, just flapping in the wind. And I was like, Carl, that's, that's not the rain fly on the tent. That's your nose. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.